What's up, everyone, and welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way throughout the entire season. Make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. We've got new daily Cowboys articles up there on the website and here on Primetime, which is presented to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. Tonight, we'll talk all about what is next after Dak Prescott's injury. By now, you probably know the details. He had surgery. It was a successful surgery. The timetable goes from six to eight weeks, more or less. We'll see how that plays out further into the season. But that likely puts the Cowboys in a position in which they're getting Dak Prescott back until week 10 after the bye week when the Cowboys head into Green Bay to face the Packers at Lambeau. What happens between now and then? That is the main question right now. Mike McCarthy talked about the possibility of adding a third quarterback, adding somebody else to the team right now. And that makes a lot of sense. But the Cowboys Nation is still wondering, what kind of quarterback are we talking about? Are we talking about the Ben DiNucci's of the world, the Garrett Gilbert's of the world? Or are we talking about a legit QV that would take over Cooper Rush eventually, maybe two weeks after he's brought in? Like maybe say, and I will just throw some names out there, react accordingly. Do not worry. These are just off the top of my head. Uh, Cam Newton is a free agent right now. This might sound crazy, but this is where we are. Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is recently retired. Maybe even someone who's on an NFL roster, like Mason Rudolph from the Pittsburgh Steelers. A guy that has starting experience in the NFL that has been one of the best backups around the league for a while now. And currently, he is buried in the Steelers' quarterback room after you know they signed Mitch Trubisky. He's QB1 over there. They've got Kenny Pickett, the first-round pick, developing behind him. So Rudolph could be actually a pretty legit option for the Cowboys, in my opinion. Then there is even crazier names like Jimmy G. I don't think that's really on the table just based on what the 49ers would ask from the Cowboys in return for Jimmy G. I don't think that's an option at all. So we're left wondering, where will the Cowboys go in this whole conversation? Will it be a legit quarterback or not? Gardner Minshew says Joey Mata. Uh, Clemente also says the Gardner. I'm guessing that is Gardner Minshew. I don't hate that idea at all. I would be up for it. Let's see. Gardner Minshew, the mustache, says Sean. I like that. Miguel, though, Miguel with the possibility saying we aren't going to pick up anybody. I think the Cowboys do pick up somebody. Uh, and Mike McCarthy essentially confirmed that when he talked to the media earlier on Monday. That's why I'm, I'm just addressing this entire conversation as what kind of quarterback are they adding? Because they need to m make a decision on is Cooper Rush really the plan? And, you know, let's actually look at the schedule right now. This is the eight-week uh, eight slate that's next for the Dallas Cowboys. You will see the bye-week slot. And then the Green Bay Packers game, I would assume, is the goal. That's, that's the 
the game in which the Cowboys will want to have Dak Prescott back. So let's look at it right now. This is the Cowboys' upcoming schedule. You can see the eight-week mark right in there. My question from me to you is how many of this should be winnable games given the situation the Cowboys are in, which means no Dak Prescott, right? How many of this should be winnable games? We've got a guy just having the time of his life of his life on the Facebook chat. His name is Garcia Ceniceros. He says, no, you idiot. Cooper Rush is not the plan. And just sit there and make your opinions because you suck, just like the Cowboys do. I don't know if he's talking to me or somebody else. Just my, my professional advice would be just take it easy. You know, we're just having fun here talking some Cowboys football. How many of these should be winnable games? Toxic Tom goes with the zero. Maybe three, 7-Eleven, four for Holly. We've got zero from Tommy over at Facebook, four for Mississippi Made, three for Lumen. Blake Bortles is it actually an interesting name brought up by Team Mason. Uh, the situation the Cowboys are in right now makes me just open to every single name. Like I literally just read Blake Bortles and I was like, you know what? Screw it, maybe. Jeffrey Miller with the zero. Uh, let's see, Charlie and Evans with the zero. All of them, says Gilbert. So we, we are everywhere with this question. We have zero. We have every game. My, my Honestly, my take on this whole thing is you need to win. Maybe if you want a realistic shot at Dak Prescott coming back in week 10, Michael Gallup being back on the offense. Maybe even James Washington. Maybe Jason Peters has already worked his way into the left tackle role, which is a huge question mark because we really don't know what the Cowboys' plan is for the offensive line. Maybe they really just want to play Tyler Smith at left tackle and let him develop the, the tough way, which is just throwing him into the fire like they have given Tyron Smith's injury. Say that you want to be optimistic and say that you think that Dak Prescott and the Cowboys can go on a run over the second half of the season and they can win enough games to make it into the playoffs like a wildcard team, right? You probably need three or four wins in order to be even in a position to go have that miraculous run because that would be the word to describe it. It would have to be a miraculous run. You need to win three or four games to get there. Can you win these games with Cooper Rush? I know Cooper Rush won versus the Minnesota Vikings last year. But just a quick look at the game it makes you realize that it wasn't an exactly an inspiring win, right? He had negative EPA per play. He had a negative completion percentage over expectations. Amari Cooper was targeted 13 times. CeeDee Lamb was also targeted multiple times. Uh, both receivers went over 100 yards. You know, that's not happening under this offense in which the only experienced wide receiver is CeeDee Lamb. And it was made very clear that every single one of our concerns during the offseason was real. When we saw Tampa Bay Bucks coverage condense over CeeDee Lamb, play in 
and play out. You just know that Cooper Rush is not uh, going to make this offense work like he did last year playing versus the Minnesota Vikings. To me, to me, if you want to get to those three or four wins, you're aiming towards those two games on the back end of the eight-week mark, which are versus NFC North teams like the Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears. You know, the Detroit Lions scored 35 points on the Eagles. The Bears actually beat the San Francisco 49ers. They should still be beatable teams given the, the state of their rosters. I don't know who the New York Giants are. I don't know who the Commanders are, honestly, at this stage of the offseason. They, they're both 1-0, so you got to give them some respect. But you could make the argument that they're winnable games, maybe. But winning each and every one of these games, like uh, if you go individually, just seems optimistic. I don't think the Cowboys go, you know, 0-7 or anything like that. I think they're going to get one win, maybe a couple of wins, just based on how the NFL works. But three to four wins is tough to get with Cooper Rush at quarterback right now. And I, I feel that's strongly the case. You're not getting to target Amari Cooper 13 times and Cooper and Amari Cooper another 10 times like Cooper Rush did last year. As I said, it was actually a pretty negative game for the Cowboys on offense last year versus the Vikings. So you probably need each week a perfect defensive performance along with a strong running game, which we are not sure the Cowboys have either. I think that with Cooper Rush running the show, my answer to that question on how many games can the Cowboys win between now and the Green Bay Packers game would probably be something between two and three. I would feel good about winning three games with Cooper Rush. So actually, I would disagree with Jeffrey Miller. He says, I'm glad you have faith, Mo. I am done. I honestly do not have faith with Cooper Rush on their center for the Cowboys. If Dallas goes out there and they sign, I don't know, man, uh, Cam Newton. I will just throw Cam Newton's name in there just because he's the most experienced one. And maybe he's just fun and he can take over a game even though he has had a very poor performance the last time that he's been on the playing field. But that's probably better than Cooper Rush. Maybe you could win those three games and maybe you could keep yourself in the conversation and maybe you can just bank on the Cowboys' miraculous run. But this is not happening with Cooper Rush at the helm. I really just don't see it happening at all. Toxic Tom says, Moe, I'm sorry. I don't see three to four wins. Something has to change and fast. How do you look that unprepared for week one? And just to be clear, I don't see those three to four wins without something changing and fast. I... I am just skipping past the Buccaneers game talk because I believe right now what intrigues me the most is what will happen at the quarterback for the Cowboys over the next 24 hours or less. Because this move, whatever the move is, might happen by tomorrow. The question is, is Cooper Rush the guy or not? But to me, it is inexcusable not to bring anybody in. Not bringing anybody in as an upgrade over Cooper Rush is essentially giving up on the season. Because if you get to week 10 and you didn't win any game or maybe you won one or two games, 
you're done. The season is done. You will not give any breathing room for Dak Prescott to put together a miraculous comeback over the second half of the season. Catboy said that no one's coming in, says Charlene Evans. I actually thought that, you know, because Mike McCarthy said that they're bringing in somebody else, that they're looking at every quarterback in the league. Fire Moore, says Mississippi made. Dallas stays doing inexcusable things, Mo. Hey, that's true. That is true. Oh, you know they're going to roll with Cooper Rush. We like our guys. They don't give an F, says Toxic Tom. We get to 9-8 and eight and we make the playoffs. Do we, though, Jose, with Cooper Rush at the helm? How many of those wins are going to be Cooper Rush wins? I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't think that happens with Cooper Rush. The Cowboys offense looked way... Like, it looked like we feared it would look at offensive line and at wide receiver. But then on top of it, Dak Prescott had a terrible game. You guys know that I support Dak Prescott. You guys know that I think he is a very good quarterback to have on an NFL team and the best option for the Cowboys for sure. But he he had a bad, bad game on Sunday night. He was, to me, forcing things that were in there right off the bat, starting in the first quarter. When I think that wasn't the game that he should have been looking for. Uh, the game that I would thought that he was going to look for was just a smart game. Just don't make too many mistakes. Stick with the with a quick game. Of course, there were going to be some plays that would develop down the field, hopefully with some max protection here and there. But I just think that he was doing way too much. And then he didn't just, he, he never find that rhythm throughout the entire game. And he was off the full four quarters up to the moment until he was hurt. There was that miss when he was looking for Noah Brown after rolling out of the pocket, and he was looking for Noah Brown. He just completely misses number 85, even though he is wide open. That's a tough catch to ask uh, Noah Brown to pull off. And Dak Prescott is making that pass off-platform, two feet in the air, just floating mid-air and, and trying to make that pass happen. I, I thought that was the perfect example of what Dak was trying to do, which is just way too much. It never was going to happen that way. And that was quite disappointing because I didn't expect Dak Prescott to play that poorly on Sunday night. Maybe I expected no separation from wide receivers not named CD Lamp, but I didn't expect Dak playing that poorly. Uh, one of the lowest accuracy rates in his entire career, the completion percentage over expectations was just abysmal. It was something like minus 23%. That meaning, based on the throws that he made in the situations that he made, there was a number set for him that was the completion percentage that's expected on those situations. And he was like 20 percentage points under that. That was according to runningbackzonematter.com, which is a great name for a website, by the way. But it was just a poor, poor performance overall. So you look at this offense and you wonder, can you bring anybody in that makes it work? And the answer is probably not. But remember that Gallup might come back like earlier than many of us expect. So how different does that look when you have an ex-receiver in there? Maybe not that different, but it would look different. Like we cannot act like Gallup doesn't change anything because he does. 
I'm not saying that he changes it enough. I'm just saying it wouldn't be the same. And as such, you definitely need to bring somebody in. You definitely need to bring a quarterback in. Let's see some of your comments here. Uh, let's see here. Sean Payton says, Gary Johnson. I look at the play calling and we are too predictable, says Jerry Johnson. You know, the Sean Payton conversation is in full effect. We, we are just ready to move on for the 2022 season. And I don't hate you. I, I really don't. Uh, I do want to see who the Cowboys bring in and then we'll, we'll see. Now, go get Cam Newton, says Craig. I think he would be like one of my favorite choices for the Cowboys because at least he would be exciting to watch maybe. Week three, Gallup returns. James Washington on week five, says Jose Ultra Cowboy. The offense could look different. Toxic Tom says, Mo, we need a real offensive coordinator. It's time. Kellen Moore also did not have a great game just beyond the play calling. The, the install of the offense is Kellen Moore's. The entire game plan is Kellen Moore's. Even if Mike McCarthy has some input here and there, uh, Kellen Moore definitely had a poor game. Bruce says he can kick rocks. <laughs> Man, it's tough. And then we've got like, and I know we're going to get this conversation every single week now that the Cowboys do not have Dak Prescott. And we're going to talk about the next head coach. Jose says Dan Queen is the next HC. This is Micah's team now. But even if it's Micah's team, and shout out to Joey Ikes. He's always been one of the smartest persons on that uh, Twitter app. And he made an excellent point. That's the problem with defensive teams. You had a pretty solid defensive game last night. Because it was pretty solid. Yeah, they had some big plays. Yeah, they got a lot of red zone trips in. But, you know, they held their own. Bent but don't break. As always, Michael Parsons responded in the big moments, and they didn't have a chance, even in even in spite of that, you know, perfect defensive performance. And perfect, of course, is an exaggeration, but it just goes to show you how much you need an offense in which you can rely. So I, I I'm not even sure how I would feel about Dan Quinn, the head coach. I am completely in love with Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator. I'm not sure that I like the Dan Queen head coach idea, though. So I got to ask, says Toxic, if Mike is fired and Moore gets promoted, how would we react? Oh, poorly. And rightfully so. Kellen Moore has not done anything to justify being promoted. I don't think he's even in the conversation as much as fans want him to. I think at some point it looked like he was, and I even talked about it here on the show on primetime last year. But... Right now, I think that I've changed my opinion there strongly, and I don't think he's even in the conversation as Cowboys Nation believes he is. Let's see. We've got first downs and then ran trick plays, says Miguel. Like, keep running the rock. Now, I will say that I was taken by surprise by the betting odds. I don't know if you have seen this or not, but the betting odds were a reality check for Cowboys fans. When I opened up the sports book and I looked for this uh, betting odds on the NFC East, I felt like I was hit with a bucket of iced water. Because the Cowboys, of course, are no longer the favorites 
to win the division. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. That was to be expected after the Cowboys lost their starting quarterback and after the Cowboys started 0-1 while the Eagles started 1-0. That was to be expected. But I didn't expect the Commanders to be second in the odds for the NFC East. I didn't expect the Giants to be third. I didn't expect the Cowboys to be at plus 550 at the bottom of the NFC East. That is quite the reality check. Odds makers get things wrong a lot of the time, but mostly they get it right. And if anything, this goes to show you just how tough the situation the Cowboys are in right now is. The Cowboys are not are expected to be the last team in the NFC East when this is all said and done. Now, I don't know if if Jose means like the sports book because Jose says all these sites love to troll Cowboys fans. Now, if you're referring to the odds, though, this is not like a website that is trying to put out content. This is not like a blog. This is a sports book where people go and put on bets. This is not a sports book trolling Cowboys fans. This is mathematics at work. And I think they actually have a point. And I think that the reason is that if you don't, if you don't go get somebody like, and I, as I said, a big name like Cam Newton or Ryan Fitzpatrick, somebody that can keep you in the game at any point, just like he can take you out of it with turnovers and all of that. The Cowboys are not likely, in short, they're not likely to hand the keys to Dak Prescott in week 10 to a car that has any chance at making it to the playoffs. I think that's the reason behind these betting odds. When Dak Prescott comes back, how deep will the hole be for the Dallas Cowboys? Because if you get to week 10 and you're one and eight, or you are two and seven or something like that, then the season is obviously done, right? I know if it's Patrick is retired, but you know, everything can happen, I would say. Mike McCarthy is really about to earn his paycheck. If he has guts, he will take over play calling. This is interesting from Jared. I've been I've been a skeptic on the possibility of the Cowboys moving on from Mike McCarthy midseason. That's something that I have never been able to get behind. I just think that it's a decision that the Cowboys would not make. But this, this is interesting. Would Mike McCarthy, when push comes to shove, take over play calling? We'll see. Like, you know, just as a last chance of sticking with his job, especially late in the year. Even when Dak was not hurt, the offense was awful, says Craig. It was. It was disappointing just how, how awful the offense was last night, even with Dak Prescott. I will tell you what, though. I would much rather be having a conversation about how much of the loss was on Dak, how much of the loss was on the wide receivers, than a conversation on which quarterback should the Cowboys sign if they do end up signing somebody. Because as we have talked about, knowing this Cowboys front office, it's just possible that they roll with Cooper Rush, that they bring in somebody like Ben DiNucci, Garrett Gilbert, just to add some depth 
to the quarterback room, and then that would suck in a major way. But even if Cooper Rush is your plan, you have to bring somebody in with it that has that experience because the Cowboys, maybe the Cowboys were, and uh, I can remember who said this. I think it was Tony from Blogging the Boys, who, and shout out to him. He does a very good job covering the Cowboys. But there was this clip of Jerry Jones heading into the locker room, just all pissed off. Stephen Jones as well. And I know that, you know, oh, yeah, it's just pretend, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe so. But they looked pissed. And Tony replied to that clip saying, I wonder if they, if their reaction is genuine. What if the Cowboys really thought that they had something on Dennis Houston, that they had something in Noah Brown? That by running 12 personnel, they would shock the box and they would end up with the win. What if they really thought that? And they need to be humble enough to realize that they were wrong. And that's a perfect example going into this decision. You need to be humble enough that if you go, okay, I'm betting on Cooper Rush. Genuinely, I need to be prepared in case I am wrong regarding Cooper Rush. Because you cannot wait to make this decision. You need to bring somebody in now. Because if you bring somebody in now... You give him one to two weeks to get acclimated to the language of the offense, to what you're doing offensively. And even if the game plan is vanilla, by the time you throw him into the playing field, at least you have given him some time to prepare. What the Cowboys cannot do is bet on Cooper Rush without signing anybody and not have a plan B. That would be just once more, as I said, giving up on the season. I don't know what they will do. Uh, I know that the overwhelming that the overwhelming uh philosophy for cowboys fans is is always they're not going to bring somebody in blah 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 but maybe they do i, I really think that maybe they do i mean they did bring in anthony barr despite cowboys nature predicting that they would never do so they did bring in malik hooker last year despite cowboys nation believing they would never I wonder if the prospect of not having Dak Prescott for eight games and that potentially jeopardizing the entire season, if that forces them to, to actually make this call and bring somebody in. And then this is the worst part. Craig says, forget the season and draft C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. This is the worst part. And, and some of you might not be ready to, to hear this. But if you're, if you're betting on a tanking kind of season. When Dak Prescott comes back, they will win enough games. They will probably win enough games to not even have that high draft pick that a lot of people want. Because you are facing, uh, after Green Bay and the Vikings, you're facing the Giants, the Colts, Texans, Jaguars, Eagles, Titans, and Washington. I'm not saying that they're going to put together that miraculous comeback that we talked about but it's probably going to be enough to make us forget about that top five draft pick or anything. So we are in the middle where we, you probably do not want to be for practical purposes, but at least we might, we might end up seeing some wins late in the year, which is uh, at least fun. Hopefully they prove us wrong and hopefully they, they uh, bring somebody in they just fight and battle for those wins that are going to be so hard to come by 
And maybe they at least give us the excitement of what can Dak Prescott and the offense do from week 10 on. Toxic Tom says, Mo, you were right. With Dak at the helm, we scored three points. We are set. Now, as I said earlier on the show, I would not defend Dak Prescott for what happened last night. But I also think that just assuming that is going to be every single game, even though Jeff is right and they were an embarrassment last night because there's no other way to describe what happened yesterday. Even though that is the case, I would not predict that, oh, this is Dak Prescott now. Just like with Joe Burrow giving the ball away five times versus the Steelers, I would never say, oh, yeah, that's Joe Burrow now. That's the reality of Burrow. He's going to give away the ball five times per week. That's how I look at this thing as well. I would, I would not have expected Dak Prescott to keep playing that away throughout the entire season. It's just not even like uh, viable. Ugo says, your season is over. Shut up already. You guys are pathetic, says Ugo while pathetically commenting on his favorite Facebook show. Sometimes it's too easy, man. Maybe we score six points this week, says Toxic Tom. Hey, maybe, maybe. Don't forget Green Bay and the 49ers lost, says Jerry Johnson. You're going to get a real quarterback, says Russell. No Dak for six to eight weeks. Tommy says, but we saw that the last eight games of the season two, Mo, which is fair. Get him, Mo, says <laughs> to Tommy. Is anyone going to be able to watch the Bengals game, says Miguel. Oh, oh, you know, you know we are going to. And we will be on primetime that same Sunday night. And we will be here the entire season because it's the Dallas Cowboys. It, it's, you know. Who are we kidding? We're going to watch every second of it. We are. Anyways, moving on. Uh, we already talked about the we already talked about that uh, whole quarterback situation. I do need to get the primetime performer of the week now. And I know, I know that it's just uh, tough to ask you guys who was the primetime performer of the week for the Dallas Cowboys. But hey, I'm going to do so anyways. So to you, in a game in which there were maybe one or two bright spots, who's your primetime performer of the week? Let me know in the comments. While you do so, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net because the ride of the week, oh, this is a premium one and I like it when we go with the premium ones, a CX-50 2.5S preferred plus. This vehicle starts at $34,340. It's got a 2.5 liter Skyactiv G4 cylinder engine, all wheel drive. It comes with a sunroof, rain sensing wipers, a Wi-Fi hotspot feature, and a miles per gallon capacity of 24 in the city. That goes up to 30. When you are in the highway, make sure you check it out over at freemanmazda.net. Check out the pictures of the inside of it. It's really a beautiful vehicle. And as Bruce got the use says, Mazda CX-50 for the backup quarterback. The Cowboys would go undefeated with the Mazda CX-50 at a quarterback. I agree with Bruce right there. So check it out over at FreemanMazda.net because when you choose Freeman Mazda, you are choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. 
back to the program. Who was your primetime performer of the week? Let's see. Michael Parsons. I know. I know the overwhelming answer was Parsons. Craig says Parsons. Uh, Micah says Nicholas. And Seek. Good answer there. Good answer. Uh, 11 says Kinder, Kindle Hall. Easily Micah for King Element. Hey, two sacks. Just an absolute beastly performance when the box got into the red zone. Donovan Smith got out of the game injured and he thrived on it as well afterwards. He was breathing down Tom Brady's neck every time that he rushed the left side of the of the box offense. That was pretty cool. Ezekiel Elliott was having a good game, honestly. Uh, of course, it came a, it came to a point in which the Cowboys were not even able to run anymore. But Ezekiel Elliott was having himself a game for the Cowboys. And I'm actually looking for the final stat line from Zeke. Uh, but he was averaging over five yards per carry last night. 52 yards in 10 attempts. And he was always falling, you know, forward. That was actually a promising performance from Sick. Sadly, you know, Dak Prescott got injured late in the game. How about Brett? Toxic Tom. Toxic Tom says Brett Maher. How about Brett? 51 yards out. Who would have thought? that the bright spot from this game would be uh, Brad Maher. 11, Stephen Jones. Uh, let's see, who are we missing? Nicholas Farniak and Tyler Smith did better than I thought. Tyler, Tyler Smith's performance was fair. Uh, more or less what I would have expected. He gave up some pressures. He got beaten by Shaquille Barrett in a couple of plays. It was to be expected. That's Shaquille Barrett on the other side. Farniak had an ugly game, though, uh, I think. Uh, upon further review, there, there was even these numbers uh, put out by PFF in which Farniak did not look promising. Uh, Professor O actually is the guy who tweeted this out. Let me see if I can find them real quick. Shout out to Professor O. I don't know if he's watching or not, but he tweeted out Farniak's numbers. I have not gone, watch, uh, gone back and watched the tape yet. Per PFF, Cowboys guard Matt Farniak allowed six pressures, three hurries, three QB hits, and a 26.7 pass blocking rate. That's one to watch uh, in the review. Let's see. He only had 10 touches, says Miguel. Uh, I think he's talking about uh, Sik maybe there. Let's see. Shout out to Kenneth, who is sharing the show. And by the way, if you enjoy what you're seeing, do me a favor and hit the like button. Hit the like button because this, that puts the show in front of more Cowboys fans as we continue to grow the ADC Sports community. Steel was great for the box, says Craig. <laughs> oh, man. Now, that's, that's some toxic commenting right there. Toxic Tom. They're, they're coming for you. Jerry and Steven is my nomination, says Jeffrey Miller. Yeah, I find it was bad. I agree with that. McGovern, how long is Connor out for, says Russell. Connor is going to be out for about two to four weeks, according to multiple reports. That's a high ankle sprain. Interesting decision to come for the Cowboys as well. What do you do with the offensive line? Do you, because of Farnia, do you slide Tyler Smith back inside, move on with the Jason Peters plan at left tackle? Or do you say, screw it, we're done. Let's develop Tyler Smith as a tackle. Interesting decision to come there for the Cowboys. For sure. 
Hopefully, Peters can suck it up and go, says Miguel. Hopefully. Yeah. Curious is out for a few weeks as well. Same number, actually. Two to four. That's a big loss for the Cowboys defense. There was that Dan Quinn quote, which was pretty meaningful, in which he said that he cannot remember a player that he has asked more from than Jaron Kears. And the whole Cowboys shift to big nickel defense using three safeties, that's just all based on Jaron Kears. Where do you go now on the next four weeks while Jaron Kears is out or however long it takes him to be you know, back on the playing field? Because you can forget about big nickel. That's one. You can just bet on having three cornerbacks out there every time. Um, you can forget about big nickel. You could also, though, maybe move Donovan Wilson. I would, because I'm not ready to play Marquise Bell. I know that Marquise Bell fits what the Cowboys ask from Jaron Kears. I, I, I am not really interested in playing an undrafted free agent in week two of the regular season. So, do you push Donovan Wilson to Jaron Kears's role and you let Israel Mukwamu maybe take over as a regular quote unquote? safety for Dallas or do you really just roll the dice with Marquise Bell I don't know that's a that's a good decision as well that's a tough decision to make for the Cowboys as well a few other mm, a few other positives from the game I would say Tyler Viadish was good I, I think that Tyler Viadish did a hell of a job especially considering what was going on around him Leighton Van Der Esch played well, I thought. Oza played well. Pretty much defensive guys. Dalton Schultz, I don't know how, uh, what else Dalton Schultz could have done with the Cowboys. Disappointed in City Lamp's performance as well. Of course, the coverage was condensing on him at all times, but you also want to see a little bit more from him. I will say, though, that Stephen Jones saying that he needs to evolve into a wide receiver, number one, is, of course, missing the mark entirely. Because when you look at number one wide receivers across the NFL, they mostly have number two guys. And CeeDee Lamb doesn't have a number two guy at all on offense. So to be fair, I thought that was a pretty sucky comment to make from Stephen Jones on the radio. Even though it's also fair to say you need more from CeeDee Lamb probably. But anyways, uh, we ran a little bit long with tonight's show. We're at 41 minutes. So we'll go quickly with overreaction Monday. For those of you who are new here, we will do this every week. And this is a space in which we look a little bit beyond maybe the Dallas Cowboys and talk about the entire NFL in a pretty quick fashion. We'll go fast this Monday. As always, we will start though with a Cowboy question. The Cowboys won't make the playoffs. Is that a fair reaction or is that an overreaction? Dallas, who was at one point the favorite to win the NFC East, now is at the bottom of the division, according to the odds makers. Are the Cowboys making the playoffs? Uh, are the Cowboys won't make the playoffs. Is that a fair reaction or is that an overreaction? El Tino says fair. Craig says fair. Toxic with fair. Pretty much everyone agreeing with it. Uh, Gilbert does say overreaction. That's the only overreaction yet. Everyone else 
going with fair. Me too. Me too. Right now, I need to see a different quarterback in there, a different offense overall. I'm going with fair reaction right now. The hope, what 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 does hope look like now for Cowboys fans? Dak Prescott comes back in week 10. And when he does, Michael Gallup will be on the offense. James Washington is likely to be on the offense as well. And then you're able to put together a decent offense and a very strong defensive unit. But when your hope begins in week 10, it means things are ugly. So I'm going with fair reaction for now. Uh, the next question, though, and this is where we start looking beyond the Dallas Cowboys. And I only have two more for you, so do not worry. We are about to get out of here. Julio Jones is back. Is that a fair reaction or is that an overreaction? Julio Jones, man, had the seventh highest top speed at any point of the of, of week one. He ended up having a quite a you know decent game, three catches for 69 yards, including one for 48 yards. Fair reaction or overreaction? I like this one. This one's tough for you guys. I can see that in the comments. We've got different answers now. Kenneth with the overreaction. King Element overreaction. D Lane says he's back. El Tino says fair. Overreaction. Fair for a week. Man, I will go with fair reaction. He he looks fast. <laughs> he looks ready and healthy. And he's playing on a perfect offense for him. He's playing with Tom Brady at quarterback. I will go with fair reaction. I know it might turn out to be uh, completely wrong about this, but Julio Jones is looking like he's back. I know. I know, Tommy, you wanted him on the team. Craig also wanted him on the team. A lot of people wanted him there. Tommy says, Mo is very excited. Man, you know, we're going to bring it every single day, Dak Prescott or not. I can promise you that uh, without Dak Prescott, it's not like I can be just like, you know, like this laid back. And is that an overreaction? Do you think that's a fair reaction? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that to you, man. We're going to bring it every single night. So make sure you subscribe and you hit the like button. And of course, we will remain objective. We will remain objective. And I will try not to be as excited when I give predictions against the Cowboys on Thursdays. By the way, we got off to a great start, 1-0 on betting the Cowboys. We went with the under, and that was unfortunately quite the under. Next question, the Vikings are winning the NFC North. Is that an overreaction or is that a fair reaction? <laughs> Let me know in the comments. Tommy915 says, you're a better man than Mimo. I am depressed right now. See, the thing is, when I click that red button that says end broadcast, that's a different ballgame. Nah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Toxic Tom, come on, man. Nah, for real, I think that the reality is I haven't processed the fact that Dak Prescott is missing eight weeks. <laughs> that's probably it, man. I don't think I processed it last night. I was writing articles for ADC Sports. I was... Uh, doing my live stream over at Primero Cowboys, which is my show in Espanol. But uh, <laughs> today, this morning, I was just having my coffee and I was like, damn, that's out for eight weeks. Let's see. 
Vikings are winning the NFC North for reaction or overreaction. Fair for Peter Rizzo. Krex is very, very fair. Bruce is over. Fair for Charlie and Evans. Fair Justin Jefferson. He's a monster. Over for now. Hey, hey, I I had two difficult for uh, two difficult questions for you guys there because this one is pretty split as well. Tom, come on, man. We're better without that. Tom, I'll have what you're having. Overreaction, Packers win it, says Eltino. I will go with the overreaction as well. Uh, I will make the Packers my favorite to win the AFC North, even after being beaten by the Vikings in a resounding uh, way. I just, I'm just betting on Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur, but maybe they'll figure it out, I think. They will be one of the top contenders in the NFC, but I don't rule out the Vikings winning the division. I think you can't. Uh, the offensive line looks solid. Kevin O'Connell looks legit. That was quite the statement from the Vikings in week one. But for now, I'll say the Packers win the division. I'll go with the overreaction. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that will be it for me tonight. Remember to hit the like button. Share the stream. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know about primetime. I will be here live with you every Sunday through Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central. We'll talk more about the box game tomorrow. We'll talk about some good stuff, some bad stuff, of course. Maybe the Cowboys have another quarterback by tomorrow night. Maybe not. And, of course, uh, I'm looking forward to talking Cowboys football with you. Hit the like button. Share the stream. Thank you so much for your comments, and I will see you tomorrow night. By the way, if you're interested in listening to a show in Spanish about the Cowboys, make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed. You get the Skywalker Steel shows in audio there, the primetime shows as well, Mavericks content with Ian, our Maps guy, and then uh, El Pod de Cowboys every Monday, todos los lunes. So for you to listen to a show in Spanish, if you're interested in it at all, hit the like button. See you tomorrow. Adios. Hasta mañana. Bye.